Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, you can give God a, a better hand praise than that. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on and bless him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, bless the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Come on and praise him. Come on and bless him. Glory be to God. Bless the Lord. Bless him with me. Come on and bless him with me. Amen. Give his name praise. Give him glory and honor that is due unto his name. Amen. Amen. God is good and all the time. God is great. Amen. Greatly to be praised. You may be seated in the sanctuary. Amen. We give God glory and honor. We thank God for being here. Amen. On this day, amen, that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be what? We shall be glad in it for he has done great things. Amen. We thank God for being here on this morning. Amen. Thank God for his mercy, for his grace. Amen. For rising us up this morning, giving us the activities of our limbs. Amen. You have your senses. You are here in Jesus' name. Amen. And the Lord has greatly blessed you. Amen. Without him, we would not have made it thus far. So we just give him glory and honor for all that he has done. Amen. Wishing all of you a happy uh, Memorial Day, a blessed Memorial Day. Amen. That you'll enjoy your day tomorrow. Amen. The last day of the school season, last holiday rather, of the school season. Amen. And we thank God for it. I was just telling the church on this morning, we thank God for, amen, allowing us to be able to see two graduations this year. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. We have our brother Sean and our brother TJ Ingram graduating from high school. Amen. On their way to college. Come on and give God a praise. Praise God for his goodness and for his wonderful works unto the children of men. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Going on to college. Wow. Amen. I remember last year when I graduated from high school. Amen. It was... Amen. Just a beautiful time. Amen. It was just a couple of years ago. Amen. It's good to see my son, amen, graduating from high school. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. I got two great days, two graduations coming up. Amen. And I thank God for it. We could not have made it without the Lord. Amen. And we just like to congratulate them and thank God for them. Amen. Making it. Amen. How many young men didn't make it? Amen. Amen. Many men didn't even graduate high school, but we thank God for those, amen, who are graduating, and they should be celebrated. Amen? Amen. They should be celebrated because if we wanted to tell them off, we sure would. If we wanted to, to get on them about something, we sure would, but what about celebrating them? Amen? For their accomplishments, amen, and doing, amen, the right thing, amen, for their future, amen, for this is for their future. And we have so many graduations coming up. We got Isaiah over here uh, uh, to look for, uh, Sister Adrian's son, amen. We got Dana to look for. Man, our generation is leaving. They're growing up, amen. And we thank God for that. It's a wonderful thing, amen, to see the generations growing, amen, and going on to lead their own lives, amen, getting jobs and getting an apartment hopefully soon, and we just thank God that this is going on. 
in the name of the Lord. Amen. Saints, open up your Bibles with me to Psalms 3. Amen. Thank God for the word. Amen. Y'all don't know it, but Pastor going to get me. Amen. Pushing her sons out to get. Amen. But you know, as long as they're good children, they can stay as long as they, they need to. Amen. 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 Psalms 11. Amen. Still under our title, I must believe God. Amen. I must believe God. How many know that we must believe God? Amen. We must believe God. We're missing so many today. Amen. Out on vacation or out taking full advantage of the holiday season. Amen. We ain't mad with them. Amen. We thank God that we're here in Jesus' name. I must believe God. Again, I must believe God. Amen. Talking on something, amen, that throughout my seven years of ministry we've not talked about, but we definitely, amen, as the Spirit of the Lord leads us, want to talk about this today and see what the Word of God encourages us and tells us to do. Amen. Again, Psalms 11, and also I would like for you to get with me Nehemiah chapter 6. Again, that's Nehemiah chapter 6. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 6. There is a word from the Lord. Amen. I must believe God. Our thought for today, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Again, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Amen. For those of us, maybe we need to understand what a foundation is. The foundation is very important. The foundation is that which everything else is built on. You cannot build unless you have a strong foundation. I wouldn't advise anybody to build a house on sand. Because if you do, you're subjecting that house to collapsing. Amen. That's why in a storm, in a hurricane, those who suffer the most are those who are closest to a beach, those who are closest to the water. Amen. Because even when they bought the house, they knew that their homes could be subject to ruin because those homes are not really built in firm foundation. You can't because you're building near a beach. So you're building near what? Sand. So they put extra money and they have to pay extra money on their home insurance because the foundation is shaky. The foundation is shaky. One of the things that the inspector told us when we bought this building, he told us that you're buying a fortress. And I said to him, I said, what do you mean you're buying a fortress? He said, well, you're buying a building 
that's been standing since 1896 and has not fallen since 1896. Why? It's on a firm foundation. See, when you're building a foundation for a building, you build it deep. You go deep enough in the earth. It's just like when they built the Twin Towers, when they built the, um, this new tower, the Freedom Tower they have over here. They have to make sure that they go deep enough into the earth that the building does not collapse or topple over. This is why, if any of you remember the first bombing of the Twin Towers in 1996, how many of y'all remember that? They blew up that bomb in the basement in this van. But because the foundation of the tower was so deep, when the bomb exploded, it couldn't tear the building down because the building's foundation went deep into the earth. Therefore, after the bomb exploded, they were able to go in and repair the building. They were able to go in and repair the damage on the building, and the building stood up to 2001 because it was on firm foundation. The foundation means a lot. I'm sure Brother Joe understands or Brother Nick would understand what I'm talking about when I talk, when you talk about foundation. Any of you going around looking for a house and you're looking for this house that you want, you're looking for your dream house and you go and you look for your house and you see this house that is beautiful, just a mansion. And it has all kind of fancy furniture in it that the people tell you that, listen, when you buy the house, all this comes with the house. And the house has new windows, a new roof. And the siding has just been done on the house. And the house looks really good. And you're all excited. And you just can't wait until you can buy this house. And you know that you got the money to afford it. And then you go downstairs in the basement. And when you go downstairs in the basement, there's cracks in the foundation walls of the house, you'd be a fool if you buy that house. No matter how good it looked on top, no matter how good it seemed to be to you, they spent so much thousands of dollars fixing up the outside, but the foundation is no good. That's not a house you want. It's not a house you want to buy because that house will cost you or cause you more problems than what it really is worth because the foundation is cracked. The foundation of the Lord stands assured. The challenge to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Again, to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the firm foundation. Paul said something as he was teaching the Corinthians and, and he wanted to let them know just how important a foundation is. He wanted them to understand with no misunderstandings of how important it is to build on a right foundation. Listen to what Paul said in the 10th verse of 
1 Corinthians 3, Paul said, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a, listen, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. He says, listen, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our foundation. He's the foundation upon which we stand. You have to have a firm foundation. Our children being raised up, most of us grown-ups, we're here where we are because we, was on, we had somewhat of a firm foundation. Our children need a firm foundation. Speaking of foundation in the spiritual, having showed you what it means in the natural, there is a foundation of love that needs to be in our life. There is a foundation of faith that needs to be in our life. There is a foundation of hope that needs to be in our life. Because if we don't have firm foundations, we will topple over. Our building means nothing unless we're building on the right stuff. We have to have a firm foundation and no other foundation do we need other than the foundation of Jesus Christ. Say this with me. I want to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Finally, your topic. A repairer of the breach. A repairer of the breach. Amen. When you have a foundation, I need you to understand that a foundation is the heart. It is the core. It is the worth of your building. It is a, a foundation is a stable base. How many heard that? Stable. You heard that word? I need you to keep this word. Stable. A stable base. Because we have a lot of unstable people, even in the church. From the pulpit to the usher board, you have people in the church who are unstable. Listen to what the Bible said about a double-minded man. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He'll never stand. He'll never prosper. He'll never be successful because he's double-minded. He's unstable in everything he does because he has two minds. And those two minds speaking to him, he never knows which ones to go with because he has two of them. He's a double-minded man. So one minute he's for God and the next minute he's walking around doing what he feels like doing because he's a double-minded man. He's unstable. Listen to what the Bible says. In all his ways. His foundation mother is shaky. It's probably got a crack in it. Because when you have a breach in your foundation, listen to some of the things that a, a breach is. When you have a breach in your foundation, when you have a breach in your foundation, you have a crack in your foundation. You have a break in your foundation. You can have a fracture or a tear 
in your foundation. Or your foundation could be totally destroyed. Destruction has hit your foundation. We need to be a repairer of the breach. We need to repair the breach, the break, the tear, the fracture in the foundation walls of our lives. We need to repair it. We need to take care of it, and we need to take care of it right away. Let the church say amen if you believe it. We need to take care of it as soon as we can because when there is a break in the foundation, that leaves room, listen, for anything to to seep in. A A crack in the foundation of a house leaves room for water from the outside to come in. Most people, when they buy a house and they have a basement, they have to buy a sub pump just in case water comes in to the basement. Most of the time, how does water get in the basement? When there's a crack in the foundation. When the foundation has been compromised. A compromised foundation. So now you'll find water coming into the house and you'll go down into the basement and find the basement full of water. Some of you have already experienced it. I know I used to experience it all the time, especially when I lived over here on 122 South Street. That foundation was something else. Water was just, we didn't know where. Everywhere we looked, water was coming in. We had to keep a sub pump to keep the water from taking over our basement. Never will forget, me and my wife was home. One went tonight, remember the honey? And the boiler went dead. I went downstairs, and I couldn't even go down the stairs because the water was just that high. The foundation was no good. Saints. We need to check our foundations. We need to make sure that our foundations are good. For we are standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And our foundation in Jesus Christ is sure. It can never break. But we need to look in our lives and see where the foundations need to be repaired. Psalms 3. Psalms 3. I read this psalm a while ago. And what this psalm was saying unto me shook me to my core. And as I began to read it, and I was at another service, and I read that, this particular scripture, and I read it out loud in the service I was, and the Holy Spirit got everybody's attention because of what the Lord said. And it caught them. And automatically, the preachers and everybody within the assembly heard the word. And when they heard the word, they said, surely this is where we are now. This is where we are right now, saints. This is where we are in the word of God in Psalms. Psalm 11 In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For, lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. Listen, if the foundations 
be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Again, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Again, the foundation is the heart. It is the core. It is the worth. It is the stability, the stable base of a building or a person or a thing. A foundation is what that thing or person stands on. And it must be able to hold up what's on it. It must be a firm, stable, steady foundation. When I read this scripture, the first thing the Lord brought back to my mind and he began to deal with me about what, as to what's going on in this world has to, as to how the world is destroying their moral foundations, how the world is destroying their spiritual foundations to the point wherein now they don't even want the Bible in the courthouse. They don't want the Bible on the walls of the state building. They don't want the Bible in the government buildings. They're destroying the very foundations of which this nation was built upon, and that is they're taking away God from the nation. So much so that even now when they tell you to pray, they're not telling you who to pray to. They're just telling you, pray. Everybody pray to this generic God that they're speaking of because they know that everybody has a, could have a different God. So they just want you to pray and whatever God asks to let him be God because basically that's what they're saying. They're destroying, they, they're destroying, I'll go as far as to say they have destroyed the foundation. They don't want the foundation of Jesus Christ. And if the foundations be destroyed, what? can the righteous do? The moral foundation of this nation is destroyed. There was a time when we can, when mothers and fathers could send their children to school and their children be safe. And you can send your children to school with a peace of mind. But now they're flipping things around. And because of things that they're putting in law and that they're enacting now, just within the recent years, that's putting now this nation's fabric at risk. And the whole nation is falling apart, all because somebody decided that they would mess with the foundations. When God created us, God created us without quarrel. He made us what we are, and he purposed us to be who we are. But then somebody came along and said, well, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be what God created me to be. I want to be what I believe I am, what I have imagined I am. Once you imagine yourself other than something that God has made, you are messing with the foundation. For you, who you are is the foundation that you start with. You're a man. You're a woman. Now everything you do is based on that foundation. Knowing who you are. So what are people saying today? They're saying today, literally, I don't know who I am, but I know what I feel like being. And I'd rather be what I feel than what I am. I'd rather be what somebody else has told me than who I am. 
And because of this now, they have, listen what they have done. They have taken family and redefined family. Your righteous, and you right now, you should have uh, uh, um, chills going up and down your spine or mad. You know why? Because they have redefined what they didn't create. You can't redefine what you didn't create. You can't take a patent product, change it to what you want it to be, and then go out and sell it. You are in breach. You can get yourself in trouble because whatever that product was created to be, it was not created that so you can come along and make your improvements on it because the creator made it exactly what he wanted it to be. If God has created you a woman, then be a woman. If he has created you a man, then be a man. You cannot destroy the foundation of which you are built. You cannot change who you are. God created you for a purpose. You cannot destroy that foundation. Because when you do, you mess it up to the point wherein you don't even know who you are, what you are, or your purpose in this life. But now we live in a nation where they're saying, be what you want to be, do what you want to do, it's okay. And now they have taken family and they have redefined it. And now family can be what God did not call it to be. And why should, you're saying, well, Bishop, why should this concern me? I'm going to tell you why it should concern you. Because anytime a nation does this, anytime a nation says that what God did was wrong, that nation is ripe for judgment. And judgment cometh and right well is coming fast upon this nation. And the government doesn't see it. But the child of God who is built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ has got to see it. This nation cannot last the way it's going, at the rate it's going, before total destruction hits it. And it's coming, and it's coming soon. Because you cannot mess with what God created. You cannot change what God has done. Not, listen, even Satan knows better. The Bible says, in James, the Bible says, demons believe and they tremble. They tremble at the very power of God. And man, who is made in the likeness and the image of God, how dare us try to redefine or recreate what God created and do so much good work on it that as me and my daughter and my wife was looking at yesterday, sometimes you can't even tell what's what. We were looking at some pictures yesterday, and I said, oh, my God. My wife sat there and said, what? Because the change was so drastic, the change was so tremendous, that the man who once was supposed to be what God created him to be, and now he decided he'd be something else, and you look at him, you're like, what happened? But that's the world we live in. Three very 
three very important foundation things I want you to write down that we have to understand we can never try to destroy or we can never look at as worthless. One of the, the first foundation is family. I need you to understand how the importance of family. There is a great importance that God puts upon family. See, because he is the creator of family. He created family so that family would mirror what's in heaven. Somebody said, well, what are you talking about? See, God created family. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. What am I saying? Family. That's family. The son, this is what the son said. The son said, the father loves me because I always do the things that please him. Family. Jesus said, it is expedient that I leave here, but when I leave, I'm going to send you another comforter. The Holy Spirit. Family. Family is a concept of God. So much has been done by the enemy to destroy family that Christians, if you're not careful, you will get in the midst of what the enemy is doing when it comes to destroying family. Well, I'm not talking to her. Me and her don't speak. I'm not calling her. I'm not bothering with her. Uh, 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 we deal with certain family members but can't deal with others. I told my wife concerning one family member, I said, you know what? I said, I love them. I said, I might not be around them all the time, but I love them. And if I have to be there, I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them in their face. But some, you might have to love from a distance. But you love them nonetheless. Amen? Because we all got some Uncle Willies in our family. And some Auntie Marthas that we just don't get along with. But you got to love them. For the love of family, which is the foundation that God has built us upon. Foundation. When, when the foundation of family is breached, everything goes awry. We must understand that what family is supposed to be. That's why, and I don't understand it, why in this nation they're for abortion and they don't even understand. Listen, are you not seeing what happens to a child who is not raised with family? Do you know the torment of that child's soul when that child is not with family? The suffering that child goes through for it, he has been, he or she has been extracted from the very place they belong to. Family. Everybody needs a family. Even when God created us, he said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me. Do you know what God is saying? I'm going to introduce man to family. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, so that you'll have family on the earth. Because God has made us, and even though he's made black, he's made white, he's made Puerto Rican, in the eyes of God, there's only one race, the human race. And God is bringing parts of that human race from all races and bringing them together and calling them the children of God. 
And it does not matter whether you're black, white, yellow, brown. When you come to Christ, you are a child of the living God. And even though our skin colors are different, you are my sister. Even though our skin colors are different, you are my sister. You are my brother. Maybe my brother from another mother, but we got the same father. And our father is Jesus Christ who loved us and saved us by his grace. Why is there racism in the world? It's the destruction of family. Because once you start destroying what God has created, or once you start looking at what God has created as useless, you're destroying your own self. The foundation of family. The next foundation we need to look at and we need to be careful how we look upon it, and we need to really look at it for, for what it is because God has created it, and that is the foundation of friendship. Somebody say a friendship. Friendship. Ah, for those of you who go back to my days and remember friendship, friendship from Lucia Ball. Nothing more than friendship. Friendship's a beautiful thing. Because even in family, we can develop friendship. Friendship is, leaving, listen, friendship is so important that Jesus called his disciples my friends. He called them friends. Because God wants God wants a fulfill, he wants the fulfillment of everything he was supposed to have with us from the Garden of Eden. And that's why God enforces the foundation of family. That's why God enforces and looks to and need and will have the foundation of friendship. Friendship. Watch it when the enemy comes in to speak to you against family. Watch it when the enemy comes in to speak to you against friendship. He's trying to bring a wedge between your brothers and your sisters, and especially those in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We were put here to help one another. We were put here to encourage one another, to be friends, because that's what it is when you're my neighbor. My friend. God wanted us to get along. That's why he said, listen, listen. Somebody said, well, I don't believe that. God, God said, love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm supposed to love my neighbor without quarrel, unconditionally. I'm supposed to love them. Amen? No matter how I feel about them, I'm supposed, let me say something. I hate homosexuality, but I must love the homosexual. I hate alcohol, but I must love alcoholic. Oh, come on here, saints of God. If you understand what I'm talking about, God has called us to love. We are to be repairers of the breach. How can we repair the breach if we can't even deal with those that have problems who Jesus Christ died for? Wait, need I remind you, you weren't always saved. You were a devil somewhere in your life. Fam, the foundation of family, the foundation of friendship. These are the things that God wants us to cherish. These are the things that we are to look at and we are to believe God for 
The next one, the next foundation, fatherhood. Fatherhood. Because we live in a world, listen, of many generations of fatherless children. Let me tell you, mothers, I love you. God loves you. He really does. Where are the fathers? Where is the man? And I know I'm not, this is not a talk, so those of you whose father wasn't at home, this is not a message for those of you whose father was not at home for you to start feeling bad and start crying. Don't you start that. No. With the Holy Spirit is taking this somewhere to show you the importance of what should be that the enemy has came in and destroyed and broke the foundation. But I thank God that you are now in Jesus Christ so that you know what fatherhood now really means. A father loves his children. A father loves his wife. But now they have made it so marriage is unimportant. Not only is marriage unimportant, but now they're giving children into lesbian lifestyle for lesbians to raise them. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more devastating for any child than when the father is not at home. That child needs its father. The father is the foundation. And yes, you can be raised by your mother, but without that father at home, there is a missing link. There will be something to deal with later. And those of you who have been raised with that one who are older, you know what I'm talking about. Because you needed him there. You needed that support. You needed that stability. See, mommy babies. Most of the time, mommy wants to give love and affection. Father brings the difference in the relationship. He brings sometimes the discipline along with the love. And when, that, when the father is there, the child is more subject to stay on the straight path because daddy's hands are big. And I, 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 don't want, I don't want daddy to be disappointed in me. For you young fathers, this is an encouragement to you. Fatherhood, the importance of it. But our nation is throwing it out the window like it don't even matter. But I praise God for you men who's involved in your children's life. Stay there and don't you ever move. Bless God for those who want to be there in their children's life. It gives stability. And it keeps that child on course. And it helps them to see and understand what God intended for from the beginning of time. See, because the enemy is always looking to destroy what God has put in place. Yes, yes. But we have got to fight 
for what God set in place. We have got to pray for what God set in place. For those of you who you prayer warriors and you pray throughout the day, you better remember this when you pray. Family, friendship, fatherhood. Family, friendship, fatherhood. Because without fathers, you will lose a generation of sons. Don't let the enemy trick you. This is very important. Don't you go and get no in vitro. You ain't got a man. Raising, raising a child by yourself. No. No. That's not the plan of God. God would have it that there be a family. So that child can get both worlds and to see what it's like to be in family. And this nation even tells us that statistically, children in two family homes, two parent homes, do better. And two of the races that's two of the races that's suffering the most for no fathers at home, that's the blacks and the Hispanics. Because they don't put an importance on fatherhood. It's just let's do this and feel good and leave for those of you who understand that language. The devil is a liar. For when these foundations are there, fatherhood, friendship, and family, you will find yourself stable. That's why, that's why to a lot of people, it's so important when they get a leader in their life because they begin to realize, okay, this is what fatherhood is really like. This is why it's mostly, it's more so important when they come to Christ that they recognize God as Abba, Father. My Father. So that even if your father in the flesh is not there, you realize that your heavenly father in heaven is looking down on you and he's watching you and he will instruct you and keep you. We are in, we are in such a desperate need for fathers and men to step up till we have a whole generations in different neighborhoods dying because the foundations have been broken, torn. Saints, we got to pray. Anybody in here tell me, well, I don't know what to pray about. Whoo! You could, you could spend a couple of years on just fatherhood. Because if the, if, if the father's not there, that child stands in jeopardy. See, maybe when he's young, maybe when he's my grandson's age, Trey, he may not understand it, but as that child gets older, that child's going, yo, 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 where daddy? He wants to know. She wants to know. It's, it's very important for a child to have that. And you got to have that talk with them. Amen. 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 And, and you listen, and listen, for those of you who have broken the foundation and there's been a breach in your foundation, well, God has sent me as his ambassador to tell you healing is coming. 
to that foundation. Oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'll give you an example because I know he wouldn't mind it. Your assistant pastor. Assistant Pastor Lee. I greatly admire this brother. For his father was not there. Was not there. His father was an alcoholic. But thanks be to God, you look at him. God broke the chains. There's no link to him and alcohol. There's no link to him in drugs. God broke that DNA so that when it comes to him, he is a man of God. And what I love about it is that when Jesus comes in, he changes it so much that now he's not running from his responsibility. He's running to it. He wants to be a father. Not many people, not many people these days want that. Don't want to be bothered. They just want to have the pleasure and the joy, uh, what they think is joy. And then want to walk away and not know you anymore. But thank God for people that want to be fathers. Thank God. I heard TDJ say it once. I said, he said, you know, women, he might not be much and he might not be all that. But, you know, just say, if you, if you got a man and he's home taking care of things, just say, thank God for you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Just, just, just thank God for you. You know, you, you, you ain't got it all, but you're here. Thank God. Amen. Despise not the days of small things. Thank God for the little things. No, he don't, he don't have everything you want him to have, but if he's home, thank God for him. And pray that God will make him better with family, better with fatherhood, better with being a friend to you. If he's there, then there's a hope. There's hope. There's hope. Because the enemy is trying to destroy all little traces of hope. But we come to let him know you're a liar. We believe in family. We believe in fatherhood. We believe in friendship in the name of Jesus. And we will not take down on the foundations that God has put in place. We will stand on the firm foundation. Somebody say praise God. Listen, Nehemiah 6. Nehemiah 6. Listen to this word. Because this word touched my heart when I was reading it. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm saying, Lord... I'm saying this is the way we ought to be as the people of God. Listen to it, Nehemiah 6. Because they were coming after Nehemiah, Nehemiah was sent back into the land by the king to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Israel was thrown into captivity for 70 years because of their sins. See what I'm saying? How many heard that? Because of their sins. Let me tell you something. Sin only brings things full circle. So what you're seeing going on in the nation today, sin, sin brings things full circle. Do not think that America is so powerful that it cannot fall. Oh, how have the mighty 
fallen. Is that, that's the word, ain't it? Yes, that's the word. How the mighty have fallen. Because God knows how to bring the strong low. Remember Samson? Remember how strong Samson was? Beating a thousand men of the Philistines? Tan a, a lion to pieces? Remember how strong he was? But when he kept disobeying God, and right there in the house of one woman, not a thousand women, one, brought strong Samson down. Nehemiah is here, and on, let me tell you something, on Nehemiah's, on Nehemiah's heart was rebuild the wall. Rebuild the wall. The walls of my country, the walls of, 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 of the worship center of, of Israel, which is Jerusalem. The walls have been torn down, and God, listen, God has given me the purpose to go back and rebuild. See, this is what we need, say, we need to know our purpose. Why are you here? What have you come here for? Did you come just to hear the music? Or did you come to hear a word from God that would stir you up? What is your purpose? Why did you get saved? Most of the time, when people don't understand their purpose, this is when they're lost. This is why we see people going in airplanes, trying to, airplanes, trying to skydive. They going and trying to get bungee, take a bungee jump. Amen. My son asked me in the morning, he said, Dad, wouldn't you want to skydive? I said, no. I said, if God had intended for me to fly, he'd have gave me wings. And until that time comes where I fly away in Jesus, I'm going to stay on this ground. I like walking on the ground. I don't want to be nowhere where I can't feel what's under me. You understand what I'm saying? I want to see I got the floor under me. But these people, they're going and they're finding their thrills and they're finding ways that they call to enhance their life and all that they're doing is showing that I'm unhappy and I need some joy. But I thank God for men like Nehemiah that he understood what his joy was all about. He understood his purpose. My purpose is to see the city of God rebuilt, the foundations restored. And the people able to go back into the land and worship God like they should have been. They were thrown out for sin, but now God has given them an opportunity to go back. And see, if you've ever been given a second chance, make the best of that chance. Do not squander it. Make the best of what God has given you. Because everybody don't get a second chance. Everybody don't get another opportunity. You have to take the opportunity and run with it. Say it with me. I, I shouldn't miss opportunities. Say it again. I shouldn't miss opportunities. Listen, but you will hit opposition when you're trying to do it God's way. Listen to chapter 6, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sambalot and Tobiah and Geshem and Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, builded the wall, and that there was no breach left therein. How many heard that? That I builded the wall and there was no breach. In other words, I gave up myself to do this. See, if you want foundations to restore, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to give of yourself. 
It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. But how important is that foundation to you? How important is that foundation? Yes, you're going to have to put some work in it. But is it important to you? For anything that's important to you, anything that's urgent to you, you will take care of it. You will not look at it and despise it. Or you will not look at it and say, ah, I'll get to it tomorrow. If it's important, you're going to do something about it. Amen? Amen. Who, would tell, who would dare tell a drug addict in the midst of using drugs, oh, you can, you can stop tomorrow. No, I want to let the drug addict know you can stop today. You can stop right now. I want to let the alcoholic know you can stop right now. This is destroying your foundation. It doesn't need any more breaches in it. You can stop now. Do you know how, do you know how compromised a nation was when there was a hole in their wall of the city? That nation was in danger when there was a hole in their wall. That nation was subject to attack. The enemy could come in on that nation at any time. I come to let you know it's time to fix and to rebuild and to get rid of the breaches in the wall. Mm. Again, and it came to pass when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem and Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein. Though at that time, I had not set up the doors upon the gates. See, everything's a process. That Sambalot and, Sambalot and Geshem sent unto me saying, come, let us meet together in some one of the villages and in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them. Listen, I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? See, I'm doing a great work. Why should I stop? See, this is the attitude we have to have. This is the mindset we have to have. When we're doing a great work, why should we stop? Why should we let things interrupt that work that we're doing? Why should we let our mind telling us that there's something else better? Why should we let our mind interrupt what we're doing? Do you not see what he said? He said, our enemies came and our, all of our enemies talked to us and wanted me to come down because they wanted to talk to me somewhere but I'm working. I'm not going to stop what God has called me to do. I'm not going to stop what God has purposed my life. I was born for this. This wall has to be rebuilt because this wall represents the worship of God. The worship needs protection. I'm going to build these walls and I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to talk to my enemy. How many is hearing this? I'm not going to talk to my enemy. When the devil's coming and he's whispering in your ear and he's telling you that this is better, you don't have to go where he tells you to go. You don't have to do what he tells you to do. You don't have to listen to the enemy. When you do, you choose to. 
Because he will come talking to you. How's about let's go over here? I heard this greener over here on this side. Not even telling you that the grass is artificial. And that's why it's always green and never changes colors. Because it's not real. But that's why that's what he'll make you think. And these these demonic spirits will come and talk to you just like these men in the literal came and talked to Nehemiah. But what I need you to understand that these men were led by demonic spirits because they did not want to see Jerusalem opened again. Satan had it in that he wanted to destroy the worship of God. And they came to attack the one who had the purpose and the mandate on his life to build and they wanted to stop him so that they could kill him and no one would ever know because they thought they could stop the worship of God and did not even know who they were on assignment for for surely they were sent by Satan to stop the work of God. See, because even though the walls were built, the doors had not been set up. So Nehemiah's purpose was not finished. The wall was not complete. And they came to him, told him, come down so we can talk with you. Come down so we can communicate. This is what Satan does with most of us. Can, can, can I talk to you for a minute? Can, can, I, can I say something to you? Did not the Bible in Ephesians says give no place, no space to the devil? Why are you talking to him? He don't like you. He never did. Ever since you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became his enemy. Why are you talking to him? Why are you giving him the time of day? Why are you even listening to that fool? For you know the first chance he get, he's going to destroy you. But you know what I love with Nehemiah? Nehemiah said, I'm doing a good work. You're not stopping me. You're not stopping me from what I have started in the Lord. I'm going to stay right here. And you know, although we just read the verse 3, they didn't stop. They came to him five times because you know what Satan is persistent he gonna keep coming back to you keep whispering hey listen here come here he wants to talk but see we laugh but that's what he does you don't you don't you don't have you don't have to like Adrian why do you even talk to evangelist Hargett all she ever want to do is pray Every time you talk to her, she's got a word from the Lord. No, because you know what? He, he, wants, he, wants you, he wants your feelings to be spoke to. See, be aware, be aware that Satan wants to touch your feelings. See, and anybody that comes and talks to you strictly on your feelings, you need to get away from them. That's a Sambalot. That's a Tobias. That's an Arabian spirit. And that's why the enemy sent them to stop you from building. Never stop building the foundation.
for the foundation of the Lord stands ashore. Be a repairer of the breach. See, that's what Nehemiah was, a repairer of the breach. He had it, Nehemiah had it in his heart. I'm going to repair what the enemy tore down, even at the cost of his life, even at the cost of risking his life. He wanted to rebuild what he knew should have been there. See, it hurt him in his heart to hear that the walls were tore down. He was never the same. Does it hurt you when you hear about your brothers and your sisters needing help or needing prayer? How does it affect you? Does it make you get up out your sleep and pray? Does it cause you to call them and encourage them in the Lord? We need in this ministry, we need more repairers of the breach. That's why there's mega. That's why there's spa. That's why there's a, 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 a marriage counseling here for you. If you don't take advantage of it, God help you. It's here for you. But you can't get the help unless you want it. And you really want to be, listen, a repairer of the breach. For those who want to repair, repair breaches, they want counseling. They want help. They want somebody to encourage them. They want somebody to talk to them because they know that what they've been doing hasn't been working. You've got to be a repairer of the breach. Don't give up. Say, no, my God knows how to fix things. My God knows how to take care of things. I'm going to trust in the Lord. That's what David said. I trust. I put my trust in the Lord. I'm not going to depend on, I'm not going to depend, depend on what I know. Quickly ending. Let me go back to Psalms 3 just to show you. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? But listen, what's on David's mind? It's the same thing that's on David's mind that was on Nehemiah's mind. David said, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try. The children of men... Right after David talked about the foundations not being firm and what's going to happen and what should the righteous do, then he goes on to say, but the Lord is in heaven. Why? Because we have someone to go to. We have someone to talk to. We have someone we can depend upon. What shall the righteous do? The righteous shall look to the Lord. The righteous shall look to the hills from whence cometh the help. The righteous shall pray. The righteous shall fast. The righteous shall read the word of God and obey it and apply it to their life. The righteous have a choice. And if the foundations is in jeopardy, then the righteous have to go to God. Stand with me. Come on and stand with me. I put my trust in the Lord. I put my trust in the Lord. I put my trust in the Lord. 
That's what David said. I put my trust in the Lord. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. If you're going to be a repairer of the breach, you got to look to the Lord. I, David said, put my trust. Or the psalmist said, I put my trust in the Lord. I'm not going to depend upon my intelligence, my philosophy, my degrees, and what I know. I put my trust in the Lord, for he is the repairer of the breach, who will teach me to be a repairer of the breach according to his word. If the foundations are compromised, what shall the righteous do? Let's look to the Lord who can repair the wall, who can repair the foundations for us. Saints, it's time to pray. It's time to seek God. Everybody's hand lifted right now. Everybody's hand lifted right now. If you believe in family, if you believe in friendship, if you believe in fatherhood, your hands ought to be lifted right now. <clears throat> For these things are important. It's a part of our life that we cannot take away. Why? Because what God has put together, let no man put asunder. You cannot destroy or do away with what God has done without consequence, without compromising yourself and putting yourself in peril. But we thank our God who keeps us, <clears throat> who strengthens us, and delivered us from the evil of this world. And right now, he's repairing the cracks in your foundation as we pray. You are becoming a repairer. I speak it, I declare it over your life right now. You're becoming a repairer of the breach. Right now, for the, the breach that the enemy has made in the wall of your life, God is giving you the authority like it was given to Nehemiah to go back and rebuild. God is giving you that right now. Every eye closed, every hand lifted. Come on, every hand lifted. Come on right now. God is going to show you how to be a repairer of the breach. Right now, he's restoring and he's repairing relationships. He's restoring and he's repairing family right now. He's restoring and he's repairing those who may not have had a father, but he wants you to know that I am your father. You can look to me and cry, our father. Notice that the prayer that Jesus gave us started with our father, which are in heaven. This is exactly what David is saying for the Lord's throne is in heaven and he beholds everything that goes on. God sees and he knows he sees everything. He sees what's going on. He sees what you're doing. He sees that if you're repairing it or if you're breaking it down, God sees. We need to be a repairer of the breach in his eyes. He has given us that power. He has given us that authority. He has given us that mandate to repair 
We need to go forth and repair now in Jesus' name. I, I declare that family shall be repaired now. The breach shall be fixed now in the name of Jesus. It's being done now. Hearts are being mended. Minds are being set. Minds right now are being reprogrammed in the name of Jesus. Hearts right now are being fixed in Jesus' name. It's being done right now. If you believe it by faith, I must believe God. Why have you been coming here? Have you been believing God? Then believe it now that God is fixing it. It's being done in the name of Jesus. The repairs are taking place. God is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth keep silent. The Lord is doing the work. He's fixing the breaches now. He's fixing it now. It shall never be broke again. The enemy shall not. For when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You shall prosper in all that you do in the name of Jesus. We count it done. We declare it done in Jesus' name. We give God praise for it now that the breaches are repaired, that you have become a repairer of those things that you thought would never be fixed, but God has given you the authority, the right, and the power through the person of the Holy Spirit. It is done in Jesus' name. It's done right now. We give God praise. We give you glory, Lord, for God is in his holy temple. God is in his holy place. Glory be to God. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It's being repaired now. It's being repaired now. It's under construction right now. Hallelujah. You won't even recognize it when it's done. You won't even know it when God is finished with it. Glory be to God. Homosexuals are turning now and turning to God and turning to being men. Glory be to God. Lesbians are turning now. They're turning to the living God and they're going to be women. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. It shall be. It shall be. It shall be. In the name of Jesus, we have the power, we have the authority to repair the breach. We have the authority, just like God gave Nehemiah favor and he went back to repair it. The ungodly king sent him to Jerusalem to repair the wall. God has authorized you to be a repairer of the breach. Let's go back and fix it. Let's go back and fix this wall. Let's repair this foundation. For we stand on a firm foundation. Jesus Christ, the solid rock. And we bless you, Lord, even now. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen.